Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Uh, I want to just go over what we went over last week, and that's number one. We discovered that the real problem is that we don't know what the real problem is. Amen? And that was kind of like a big discovery on our part. First week, we covered our awareness, uh, uh, acknowledging that we have to recognize that there's a bondage before we can receive God's freedom. And uh, last week, we went into the real problem is that we don't know what the real problem is. Number two, we also spoke about the fruits of a broken heart the fruits of a broken heart and many times they manifest up, manifest themselves in strongholds like anger insecurity pride independence easily offended loneliness control do we have that in the slides do we have that up um, we also have we also went over number three whatever you feed will ultimately flourish amen whatever you feed will ultimately flourish. If you feed the flesh, your, your flesh will flourish. If you feed your feelings, your feelings will be magnified. But if you feed the spirit, if you feed what God is doing in your life, if you feed your faith, your faith will grow. Amen? Um, and so today we want to get into Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And it says, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Verse 27, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 29, don't use foul, lang foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Verse 31, and here's where I really want to stay at today. And it's, it's this, verse 31, it says, verse 31 and 32, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Isn't that awesome? Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 23, verse 34, and it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not, or for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's this. It's dear, fill in the blank, I forgive you. Can we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. Lord, I believe that in, in the next 25 to 30 minutes, you're going to speak to each and every single one of us, and I believe that you're going to get the glory today. The devil has no authority over your people, because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. Come on, make some noise! Um, I, want to, I want to talk to you on forgiveness, and 
uh, before we get started, uh, one of the things, one of the topics, I don't know if you've ever been in a barbershop, but one of the topics that always come, come up is who's the greatest or what's the best or who's, you know, it, the, the topic of greatness and greatest always comes up. And I actually enjoy that conversation. Um, I think that we would, if, if we would have that conversation on particular things, many of us would agree and, and many times, many of us will debate on them and we'll, we'll, we'll explain why we think who's the greatest or what's the greatest. And, uh, uh, but there are things that we will all agree on. Like if we said, what was the greatest ice cream ever created, chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry, everybody would say? Strawberry. Man, we got a divided crowd. All the women said, chocolate. <laughs> if we would say, who's, who's the great, uh, what's the greatest pet, a dog or a cat, everybody would say? Oh. Come on. Everybody knows, right? If we would say, what's the best show on TV? Don't shout that out because we don't want to put your business out there. Uh, uh, but we got great shows. Uh, I think uh, we got the Honeymooners. Everybody remember the Honeymooners? Come on, somebody. One of these days, Lisa. I mean, we got Star Trek. We got I Love Lucy. Uh, Rankers.com says Games of Thrones, Friends, uh, Seinfeld. And, and uh, if, if we even now chime into the... Uh, sports world, we have the ongoing debate who's the greatest or what's the best, uh, the greatest basketball player of all time. It's, it's a fight between Michael Jordan. There is no fight. People are very convinced. Uh, uh, LeBron James, we're praying for y'all. Kobe Bryant, we got a divided crowd, we got a divided crowd. Uh, the best boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali. Uh, we got Mike Tyson, Julio Cesar Chavez. Any Mayweather fans? Mayweather fans? Mayweather, all right. We got the greatest rappers of all time, right? We got, we got Eminem. We got Frank Nitti up in the discussion. <laughs> we got Biggie, Jay-Z, and Tupac, you know what I mean? Um, but I love this conversation of the greatest of all time. I actually looked up who's the greatest man that ever lived, and, and actually there's a top 10 list and a few websites, and, and almost most of them actually agree with one another, and some of the people that are mentioned are people like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Alexander the Great, William Shakespeare. These are some of the uh, most significant people in uh, American history or in, in, in history, and so, uh, but the number one almost unanimously in most of the websites, some websites got it wrong, but most of the websites got it right and uh, the number one person in human history that ever lived is his name is I don't know if you know him his name is Jesus Christ and uh and, and, and I love it because Jesus, is, I believe he's the greatest human being that ever lived because he was God personified. And, 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 and it, it makes me think about this discussion. What was the greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did? And I, and I thought about that for a second because uh, Jesus said this. He says, greater things shall you do. But what I've discovered is Jesus said, I've done great things, but greater things shall you do. In other words, you will do great thing, greater things than the greatest human being that ever lived. You will do greater things. He says, greater things shall you do. But what I've discovered is that the greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did was not heal the ten lepers of leprosy. The greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did was not heal the woman with the issue of blood that was bleeding for 12 years. You know that the greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did was not multiply five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. The greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did wasn't the storm being ceased, the greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did wasn't creating Pastor Rowe, believe it or not. But listen, <laughs> the greatest thing was not him walking on water. I want to submit to you that the greatest thing that Jesus Christ has ever done was when he climbed up on that cross, bruised, battered, and beaten, and he said these words that we just read in Luke chapter 20 thing, 23, the greatest thing that Jesus Christ ever did was forgive you and me, that he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Had Jesus done every single thing we just mentioned and not forgiven humanity, he would have missed the mission. Yeah. See, what makes Jesus great is 
that he forgave each and every single one of us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe that, give God a praise in this place. I read Ephesians now and here you have uh, the apostle Paul. He says, he says this, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well of all types of behavior. Instead, now watch this, look at the contrast. It's important to read these details because he says get rid of all this stuff, right? He says get rid of what? Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Many times we think this is uh, talking about witchcraft or, or we're all at home doing seances and the crazy stuff. No, this is not talking about that. When he's, when he's talking about evil, evil behavior, he's talking about any type of behavior that is in, is in disobedience to what God has suggested for you or what God has commanded, I should say. But look what he says. He says, instead... <laughs> Instead, in other words, this is the contrast of everything that I'm about to say. Instead of these things, so here's what we do oftentimes. We say, oh, I'm going to start getting rid of stuff. But God, through the Apostle Paul, communicates to his church that the way you get rid of it is actually by doing this. is by replacing it. See, many times we just want to get rid of it and then we don't know what else to do. And so we're at best, we're halfway through the process, but God says, no, when you start being kind, when you start being tenderhearted, and here's the secret, when you start walking in forgiveness, all those things begin to disperse in your life. All, this, all those things begin to re- be removed from your life. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Isn't that, isn't that like when you hear that quote, it sounds so romantic. It sounds so sweet and nice. Like, I want to Instagram that. Forgive others the way God has forgiven you. Isn't it beautiful? Like, it sounds so good. It sounds so sexy. Like, oh, forgive others the way God has forgiven you. Like, that looks like it should be a sticker on somebody's wall or a, a painted art design, right? Like, forgive others the way God has forgiven you. And it sounds real, you'll put it on your Instagram, Facebook, get a million likes over it, and and it's awesome, but I'm like, really? Forgive others? Oh, and and you're gonna tell me how to forgive others? Because God doesn't just tell you to forgive others. He tells you how to do it. And so I'm over here trying to get to just forgive others. And when I actually arrive to the place of just forgiving others, I'm like, okay, I'm going to forgive others my way. I see the way some of you look at me. Don't be judging me. I'm going to forgive others my way. Like, you ever had an argument with God? <laughs> right? Like, forgive others the way I've forgiven you. Chacho está loco. Yo no puedo hacer eso. I can't. There's no way. For God, wait a minute, wait a minute, God. You want me to forgive someone else the way you've forgiven me? Impossible. There's no way. And what God is saying, listen, when you receive my forgiveness, when you receive my forgiveness, you simultaneously also receive my love. And if you have received my love, then you have received me. And when you have received me, it means that my DNA is carried within you. And you can forgive others. Why? Because you carry the goodness of God inside of you. It's no longer you doing the loving. It's me doing the loving through you. And many times we try to muster up this level of forgiveness and God says, you don't have what it takes to muster up this forgiveness. Let me agree with you, but it doesn't mean that you can do it because forgiveness is a supernatural thing. And unless you got me on the inside of you, you'll never be able to carry out this type of forgiveness. And I'm like, I'll forgive, I'll forgive him God, but my way I'll forgive, but, uh, I'll forgive them. But that's strike one. I'll forgive them, but if I see them crossing the street and get hit by a car, I might giggle inside. But listen, I forgive them. 
I forgive them, but don't, me, don't expect me to love them like I used to. Oh, I forgive them, but I'm keeping score. Oh, I'll say I'll forgive them, but I'm just letting you slide. And I think that forgiveness sounds amazing until it gets personal. See, forgiveness sounds so good until it gets personal because we could say, oh, God, oh, God, so love the world. That sounds awesome. I'm going to put that right now. That's going to be my next tattoo. (laughs) Until... Until, until it actually reads, God so loved the person that hurt you and offended you and wounded you. See, because that world is actually now a bigger picture of your personal world. And it's actually God saying, I so love the world, but I also love the world that your enemy lives in. I also love the person that wounded you. I also love them. And, and, and I just start thinking like, God, this has to be exaggerated. You, can, you cannot mean that I have to forgive the way you, you forgave other people. Like this has to be like exaggerated speech. This has to be kind of like those moments where, um, you know, you, you ate breakfast, you ate lunch, and at dinner you're saying, oh, my God, I am starving. This got to be like when you're waiting at the doctor's office. And you say, uh, you've been waiting for 15 minutes, and you say, oh, man, I've been waiting here forever. Forever? There's got to be one of those moments where, you know, like husband and wife use this all the time, that a wife will tell her husband, oh, you always leave the dishes. Oh, oh, you never, never? Okay, maybe most of the time. But not never. That's a little bit exaggerated. You mean you never pick up after yourself? You know, Sabasque, that's a lie. That's a lie because I picked after myself at least once. I mean, I'm just using examples. I've never experienced this, but anyway. And, and, and when G, look what, well, look what Paul says. He says, just as. Just as, not, not, mo, not kind of like or similar to, he says, just as God has forgiven you. And I, I just can't read this and think I can do this without God. And so I get to the specifics and I say, okay, wait, you mean that I have to forgive my ex who seems to have the gift of making my life miserable? I got to forgive my ex who tore me to pieces and now what's left is the fragmented pieces of my heart that I can't even love like I used to love. Like I gotta forgive them. I gotta forgive that coworker who seems to have a unique uh, uh, propensity to get on my nerves and and goes around and, and talks about me and gossips about me and says things that are untrue. I gotta forgive the person that hurt my child. Fine, God, like you, I'll forgive the person that hurt me, but I, 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 you mean to tell me that I gotta forgive the person that hurt my children? You mean to tell me that I have to forgive the person, my friend, that, that was my best friend. Like you don't understand, that person betrayed me. I never thought it would be them. You mean to tell me for God so loved the world, God loves them. You mean to tell me that I got to forgive that person who betrayed me? I gave them all my trust and what they did with it, they stepped on it and they don't even realize the damage that it's done to me. You mean to tell me that I got to forgive the person that stole my innocence, that when I was a child I was sexually abused or when I was a child I was introduced to pornography when I was a child? You mean to tell me that I have to forgive? No, I'd rather forgive the world. I'll forgive the world, but I can't forgive that one person in my world. And so it's awesome when it's expansive, but it gets real hard when we start dealing with the specifics. Oh, God forgave me. I'm going to forgive others. And then you see them when you leave church. Oh, 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 no. But... But as good as the experience is to receive forgiveness, I would dare say there is a greater experience when you express forgiveness. See, the human human soul, 
not only needs to understand and, and experience forgiveness for themselves, but the human soul absolutely needs to be able to experience the expression of forgiveness to others. And so many times we are, you know how the Bible says, um, uh, the Bible says it is better to give than receive. Receiving is good. But when we say it's better to give than receive, it's not just about money. Let me tell you, it's good receiving God's forgiveness. But let me tell you, I really believe it is greater that when you take that forgiveness and now you transpose it to someone else and you express that forgiveness to someone else, let me tell you, some of us never ever get there. We just stop short of everything that God has for us because we're simply in the stage of receiving forgiveness. But I wanna let you know something. Any area that unforgiveness dwells in, in your heart is actually vacant of God's forgiveness for you. Any, any area that is vacant of, the, any area that there unforgiveness dwells in your heart, it is vacant of God's love for you because God's love for you permeates your soul in such a way that you cannot contain it. You have to express God's love. And so when I find myself being angry or bitter towards someone that has done me wrong, I simply say, God, I know that that's an area that needs more of your forgiveness in my life. And look what, look what the Apostle Paul, this is, this is amazing, he says, in this new life, Colossians chapter 3, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free. L look at these divides. Look at these, these cutoff points. Civilized. These were separations. Christ is all that matters. And he lives on all, in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Watch this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. I'm about to save some marriages right here, some relationships. You know what's the secret to your relationship? Making allowance for others' faults. Anyone who offends you. Now watch this. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. This is the Apostle Paul. He said it in Ephesians. Now he says it in, in Colossians. And he says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I think many times we underestimate, underestimate the power of remembering. We underestimate the power of remembering. The impact, I want you to write this down. The impact of remembering is absolutely powerful because your freedom many times is linked to what you remember. See, I can choose to remember what they did to me or I can choose to remember what God has done for me. I'm going to say that again. I can choose to remember what they did to me Oh, I can choose to remember what God has for me. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, here's the secret. The secret is what you remember. Because when you begin to remember what God has done for you, the natural byproduct of that is to extend forgiveness. And I think many times in our life, what we choose to remember is what's been done to us. Our worship team, every, every Sunday after church, they, they go and rehearse. And they do, they do rehearsals. And if you know what a rehearsal is, is that you practice what you're getting ready for, right? That's what a rehearsal is, a, a wedding rehearsal. You practice what you're getting ready for. The worship team comes, and, and that's the place where sometimes they practice and they rehearse and they review and they recant and they recount. Okay, this is where that takes place. And then, and then, and then on Sunday, they just flow. See, on Sunday, they're not rehearsing. On Sunday, they're just flowing. Now catch this. What happens on stage is simply the byproduct of the rehearsal. And so when, when they're rehearsing, they're going, they're, going, they're going through the songs, they're learning lyrics, they're, they're putting things together, and when they get on stage, they just flow. 
See, if I am rehearsing and recounting, and it's like a DVD player, what people have done to me, then when it's time to flow, I'm going to operate based upon what I'm rehearsing and remembering and practicing. But when I begin to, oh my God, when I begin to just meditate and rehearse and recount and review, oh my God, I just thank you, Lord, that, I, oh my God, when you begin to discover one, once again over and over, man, I just remember who I was and what God has done for me and how he set me free and, and how he delivered me and how he washed me from my sin. How could I hold a grudge against someone? God, I thank you that you climbed up on that cross and you forgave each and one of my sins and you have forgiven me from the past, present, and future, even the sins that I'm currently doing, God, you forgive me. When you begin to rehearse that, when you begin to read the scriptures and it tells you how he has separated your sin from the, as far as the east is from the west, when you begin to sing the songs that think about the goodness, when I think about the Lord and what he's done for me, when I think about the Lord and how he set me free, I'm gonna dance, 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 all night. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Only two people right here. Nobody over there. Okay. You begin to rehearse and recount what God has done for you. Let me tell you, you just flow. And I want you to write this down. When you remember what they did, you will transfer your pain. But when you remember what God has done, you will trans he will transform your pain. Oh! When you remember what God has done for you, he takes that pain that has been done to you. And you no longer see it as something that's been done to you, but done for you. See, he transforms, to, he transforms that pay, pain. I remember that God, it was four people in particular. I remember that there were four people that God brought to my mind. And he said to me, that's actually before we moved into this location. God says, I want you to deal with this area of unforgiveness in your life. And you know, like, I, you know, you try to argue with God. God, I'm good. I'm good, God. I forgive them. They don't hurt me no more. They don't hurt me. And, and, and I realized that there was some unforgiveness in my own life. And, and here, here's what happens. When you choose not to forgive and you keep remembering the hurt, you transfer that pain. You transfer that pain into your children. You transfer that pain to the people you're in relationship with. You transfer that pain to your coworkers. Because as long as you have that unforgiveness in your life, you're just going to be a transfer of pain. But I remember the Lord said, you cannot move into this new location with unforgiveness in your life. And I remember I had to sit down and write down the four people that, I, let me tell you, they might not be ready, the people that have wounded you. Some people might feel more offended that you got offended and hurt by what they did to you. But forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is about you. See, because forgiveness, I want you to write this quote down. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. This other quote says, when you forgive, you in no way change the past, but you sure do change the future. That's called transformed pain. That's called transformed pain. And I remember I had to sit down and I had to write. See, you might call them and be like, and one of them I called and I, and I said, listen, I just want to let you know I forgive you. They were like, forgive me? Forgive me? Do you know what you did to me? Right? But it doesn't mean that their reaction to me dictates my response to God's goodness. And so many times we, we're afraid of a reaction, we're afraid of confrontation, but listen, I'm doing this for me. I don't know about you, but for 2018, I'm looking to forgive people, and it might not be to set them free, but it's darn sure to set my life free. I, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. I will not let anything hold me back from getting all that God has for me. I choose to forgive. It's not fair but it's healthy. It's not fair. What they did was not fair, but it's healthy. And Peter, Peter, you know Peter, Peter uh, in Matthew chapter 18, Peter has this, 
this question and you know Peter thinks he's the apostle of apostles and uh, in my in my mind at least and Peter says uh, yeah this thing forgiveness I know that traditionally it's done about three times the most you forgive huge offenses is three times if someone offends you you forgive them three times and he goes but I'm gonna go to Jesus and I'm gonna ask him how how often should I forgive someone and he, he says he says how many times should we forgive someone seven times he gives double and a half the number he says I'm gonna give I'm gonna give double the number he goes seven times and Jesus says seven times how about this? 70 times 7. See, aren't we like Peter sometimes? We want to know what the limit is. Why? Because if you're anything like me, there was a one point in my life, man, my, my knee-jerk reaction is to, is, to, is to keep count. Oh, okay. That's one. All right. I see you. <laughs> God bless you. That's two. Okay. That's, that's three. Like, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. Like, we were playing basketball. I'm the guy keeping the score. I'm the numbers guy. And so my mind works that way, and sometimes my mind gets the better of me, and I start counting people's offenses instead of living a lifestyle of forgiveness. And Peter's like... How many times should I forgive? Seven times? He's like, nah, man. 70 times seven. What is Jesus trying to say? Is he saying that you can only forgive someone 490 times? You're like, man, I'm way past that. I'm way past that. Is he saying you need to forgive someone 490 times? You know what he's saying? He says, listen, you ought to not even keep record. When you're so focused on what God has done for you, you don't even keep the record. You don't even think about the limits because forgiveness is not defined by limits but by a lifestyle. Can we put that up? Forgiveness is not defined by limits. And oftentimes we want to, we want to set boundaries. And, and listen, I, I, I believe in boundaries. But many times we close off every single offense that is done to us. And God is saying, listen, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm, I've called you to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, not put limits on forgiveness. You ever been on a deleting campaign? Ooh. It's almost like you're pre-positioned to cut someone off. You know what I mean? Like they got to earn, oh my God, they got to earn not being cut off. Like, you ever had a friend, you'd be like, man, I'm surprised you made it this far. <laughs> wow, you've been in my life for two years? That's a record. Why? Because we're already pre-positioned. Like, we're already in a position getting ready to cut some. Ooh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. See how fast I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of my life. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you're not going to call me on my birthday? Oh, not gonna get okay all right that's this year because we just met but next year cut off right, go ahead go ahead right we're already positioned to cut people oh I'm a you know what I'm a delete and then you go through your Instagram and you got to delete every single picture of them my goodness and you go on this deleting campaign deleting people and what you do is you just close yourself off because you don't want to be hurt anymore and you set these limits <clears throat> and you never actually go beyond those limits so you never live the lifestyle of forgiveness and this is why in Proverbs it says this it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller what does your world look like right now What does your world look like right now? I, 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 the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What is, does your world look small? When was the last time you built a relationship? How come your only relationships are from so long ago? You haven't, your world is getting smaller and smaller. 
because I don't want to be 70 years old, 70 years old and sitting in a hospital bed or sitting in my deathbed or walking around frail and thinking about all the bitterness that I carry because I chose not to forgive. I don't want to, if you just find yourself now, you're alone in a room by yourself and you just, this is who I am. This, 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 that, that's, it's everybody else's fault. And, and what do you do? You limit, you limit your life. And you're, lo- you're no longer living this beautiful, expansive life because you've cut everybody off. And you've cut everybody off, maybe because of something that happened to you long ago, but now someone else is paying the bill that they never accumulated. And, and, and you're living this small life. You're, sm- you're living this small life because the small life is safe. This is, this is it. This is all. I, don't, I just need me. I just need my family. I just need my best friend from whatever. And that's it. And God is saying, I didn't call you to live this small life. I called you to live this big, expansive, abundant, amazing life. I remember I, I, would, I, would, I was so selective with my I love yous. People had to earn my I love you. And I was living a small life. And I remember when I would tell people I love you, I'm like, you know, I don't tell everybody I love you, right? No, I don't give that to everybody. It's only a eight people on earth that I tell I love you to. And I remember when God got a hold of me, this was when I was 18 years old. I thought I was big and but I was living a small life. Now, psh, now I'm on the phone with, with Con Edison. I love you! I don't want to hold back my I love you. I don't want to hold back my love. Listen, if you're a human being and God loves you, I want to be generous because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And I refuse to live in a small world because God died for a large world. And if you're a human being and you have air in your lungs and you have a soul inside of you, I want to render God's love unto you. I want to express that love. And as I express that love, my mindset and my perspective Perspective gets larger and larger. My world gets larger and larger. Why? Because my love is futile, but God's love will give you freedom. I want to give you the last point. When you forgive, you don't avoid the hurt. You acknowledge it. And you decide to forgive. When you forgive, you don't avoid it. Have you become good at avoiding the hurt? Do you think that forgiveness is avoiding the hurt? And I'm good, right? I'm functional. Look at me. I'm good as long as you You crumble inside because of your heart towards a person. And that's why when we talk about forgiveness today and we say God so loved the world, I only want to deal with not the world. I want to to deal with the one you'll fill the blank for. Dear, fill in the blank, I forgive you. And you don't avoid the hurt, you acknowledge and decide to forgive. And I want to just give you seven, seven little things that you can consider. Pastor Roy, I, I want to forgive, but I need help. I'm going to ask, um, well, for now, if, if, the, if Jane come up and help me out. I want you to think about this. That we will never live free. Listen, I don't care how many times we come to church and we jump and shout and sing. When we go back home and we look in the mirror, we still got to deal with us. And, 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 and what I've discovered, this has, been, this has been true in my life. What I've discovered is we've, hurt, we've been hurt by other people, 
But we have also hurt ourselves the most. Because many times we lie to ourselves and tell us ourselves we're okay when we're not. And it's okay not to be okay here at Kuhau, but it's not okay to stay not okay. And God says you'll never live free until you experience forgiveness. Not only the forgiveness that I've given you, but the forgiveness that you ought to extend to others. So number one, write this down. Remember. Remember God's goodness. Remember God's goodness. Rehearse, recant, recall. Remember God's goodness. Okay, God, this is where I start. This is where I start. I'm going to start remembering your love for me. Let me tell you, you can't start anywhere else. you got to start rehearsing God's love for you. Number two, you receive it now. Okay, God, I'm accepting your love. I receive God's love. Number three, I recognize no one is perfect. Oh, this is hard. Because those that hurt us are animals, right? How could they do that? I, if they were crossing the street and their hair was on fire, I wouldn't even spit on them. That, they're animals. And we dehumanize people, but those are the very same people that God came to die for. We recognize that no one is perfect. Number four, we refuse, this is it, we refuse to get even. And some of you, well, I'm not going to get even, but we also refuse to wish bad on them. I wish they would just feel the pain I feel. I wish they would feel what they did. To, I, wish, I wish someone came and did to them what they did to me. I want them to feel that. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah, I wish they would. That. Thank you, Jesus. You got to say, no, you're not meant to be a pond. You're meant to be a river. You're not just meant to receive, to receive, to receive, to receive. I'm waiting for that to be released. And so you, you refuse to get even. Number five, you respond to the evil with good. That's all, I'm not ready for that yet, but maybe you are ready to pray. I can't tell you how many times God has dealt with me, and it's only because of this. I chose to pray for the person that wounded me. I just chose to pray for them. I, I shared last week some of the issues that me and my wife have had throughout the years. And it was only in that moment that I was able to, there was many times that, whoo! But when I began to pray for my wife, she was no longer my wife. She was the daughter of my God. He said, how can you treat my daughter like that? All of a sudden, now she's not my possession. She's my gift. And when you begin to pray for people that have wounded you, God begins to do something in your heart. Listen, I'm telling you, this is so important. You just begin to pray for them. And you choose, you choose, maybe you, you respond good with evil. Yes, they did evil to you. Yes. It's not fair. But it's healthy. And you begin to pray for them. And when you begin to pray for them, let me tell you, God starts doing something in your life. It's amazing. It's amazing how angry you could be and want to hate someone and wish wrong upon them. But the moment you start, God, I want to pray for fill in the blank. God, would you just reveal yourself to them? Would you, would, you, would you cover them with your love right now, God? Lord, I know you love them. I know you are for them and not against you. Your heart starts being molded. Number six, you release the pain attached to the offense. You release the pain attached to the offense. It's not meant for you to carry this could be anyone in your life that has wounded you, that has hurt you. It doesn't mean that they're ready to be forgiven. It doesn't mean that they're ready for you to call them up. You might not ever get an apology from them. But you choose to forgive. And so you release the pain of the offense. God, this pain is not meant for me to carry. This pain was taken upon the cross of Calvary when you forgave me and that person for our sins. 
the ones that were made against me and the ones I've made towards others. And lastly, we we refocus on God's plan for our life. See, because all this is just so that the enemy can get a foothold in your life. And if the enemy could distract you, he could deter you. And if he can deter you, he can also put doubt in your mind. And when he puts doubt in your mind, you're only a few steps short away from destruction. And so when I, I refocus, I remember what God has done, and I finish when I, I refocus on what God's plan for my life is. I refocus. Okay, God, you've, you've called me. You have a plan for my life, a plan to prosper and not to harm me, a plan to do good and not evil. You have a purpose for my life. And don't get in, in don't let anything get in the way of that. As the worship team comes up, I want to share this last thing with you. The word forgiveness, uh, many of you guys may know, may not know this, but the word, the Bible, the New Testament in particular, the oldest manuscripts of the Bible, of the New Testament, are written in Aramaic. Now, I want you to catch this. I, I need someone to help me. Um, John, help me. Uh, Danny, can you help me? You can grab this. And I want you to, I want to paint a visual of sometimes what your life looks like with, with, without forgiveness. And uh, the word forgiveness in Aramaic is this word shavak. And the word shavak actually means this word right here. The original language, the original New Testament manuscripts translates forgiveness in this word Aramaic, and it's shavak. And this word shavak in the original language, it means divorce. And so when you forgive someone, you're divorcing yourself from the offense. See, in the Greek, it actually means to untie. The word forgiveness, it means to untie. See, many of us are living life still married to the pain, still married to the wound, still married to the hurt. And now we enter a new relationship. Hey, how are you? God bless. You look so cute. He's thanking me right now. He's like, yo, thanks, Pastor. He's like, I'm going to take this opportunity. And now it's you married in a new relationship. Oh, yeah, you got divorce papers. But you're not divorced because you haven't forgiven. And now you're in a new relationship. Now you're in a new position. Now you're in a new friendship. But because of what your other friend did to you, you're still married to the pain. You're still married to the offense. And God says, no, Shavak is actually divorcing yourself from offense and saying I no longer am married I am no longer attached I am no longer tied and bound I am now walking in freedom I am serving divorce papers today and I'm letting the pain know I'm letting the offense know and I'm letting the offender know that it no longer has control over me it's no longer a prison that I dwell in from today on I'm serving the divorce listen I'm serving divorce papers to the enemy because the one it really came from was the enemy and I'm serving my divorce papers to them and I'm going to make sure that the relationship now I start is a one that is free, one that is from liberty. I want to live free. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so today we say, dear the title, dear fill in the blank, I forgive you. I want you to close your eyes for a second because Holy Spirit is going to minister to you right now. Last week we dealt with a memory and God brought us a memory and he healed that memory. But now God is going to bring us to a person and God is saying, dear, you fill in the blank. 
I forgive you. And it might be the three hardest words you've ever had to say to someone. But God is saying, hear me. God is saying, I'm going to set you free today. I'm going to break. I'm going to break the hold it has over your life. I'm, you're writing your, 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 your dear fill-in-the-blank letter, but it's really a divorce letter to the pain. Every eye closed, every head bowed. So maybe you're here and, and there's four kinds of people that says, I'm not, I'm not hurt, I'm good, I'm over it. Or maybe you're here and you say, I, I want to, but it's too difficult. Or maybe you're here and your, your heart is completely closed to the idea that you can forgive such a person. Maybe you hear you say, it's too soon. It just, it just happened. It just, it's too fresh. I don't know if I can forgive. I don't know if I can. If I... Listen, remember. Remember God's goodness right now for you. You're going to say, I had to fill in this blank and I had to say, I forgive. Dear Roberto Remedios, I forgive you. Dear Roberto Remedios, I forgive you. Divorce it today. If that's you, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to, I don't want to lay hands today, but I believe that God's going to set you free. We're not going to lay hands today, but I want you to come to this altar as an act of your freedom. As an act that you're divorcing yourself, your Shavak, you're forgiving, you're divorcing yourself from the pain. We're not going to lay hands. But you're going to set yourself free today. And so if God has shown you a person to forgive, I want you to get up out of your seat right now. Please don't be embarrassed. We're all, listen, we're all coming. Not just step out, out of your seat and come to the front right now. We're going to continue to worship. Say, God, I'm forgiving them. I choose, dear, fill in the blank, I forgive you. Set free. God is setting you free. God is setting you free. As you take this act, God is setting you free. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.